In pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential. 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 Jesus House for All Nations. This message has been recorded live at Jesus House for All Nations. God bless you. Praise God. Today, we are going to partake of communion um, and we're going to sit under the teaching of Dr. Okeonuzo. Um, and I wanted us to genuinely, from our hearts, thank him and Auntie Miriam uh, for, for just giving of themselves to be used by God to, to, to shepherd us um, along the path that God has ordained for us. Amen. So please, right after the video introduction, um, and tonight is his last night with us um, for this season. Certainly not his last night with us, unless Jesus comes tonight. But for this season, um, and so we want to appreciate them right after the video introduction. Dr. Oke Onuzo is a consultant nephrologist and the pioneer physician of the first private dialysis center in Nigeria. Since receiving an apostolic calling in teaching and prophetic ministries, he has seen the Holy Spirit expand his ministry to touch lives all over the world. Dr. Onuzo is a renowned conference and seminar speaker. He is also the associate pastor of the National Headquarters Church of the Foursquare Gospel Church in Nigeria. We are privileged to have him here with us today. Please rise and give a warm welcome to Dr. Oke Onuzo. Praise the Lord. To God be all the glory. Amen. Crown him with many crowns. Crown him with many crowns. The Lamb upon his throne. Oh, 
somebody says amen. amen father here we are we bow at your feet we surrender to you may your holy spirit take absolute control help us not to hinder you in any way let tonight be a night where we shall meet with you for in Jesus precious name we pray amen thank you choir thank you the 20 the greatest of the three is love overflowing love 1 Corinthians 13 verse 1 I may be able to speak the language of human beings and even of angels but if I have no love my speech is no more than a noisy gong or a clanging bell I may have the gift of inspired preaching. I may have all knowledge and understand all secrets. I may have all the faith needed to move mountains. But if I have no love, I am nothing. I may give away everything I have and even give up my body to be burned. But if I have no love, this does me no good. Love is patient and kind. It is not jealous or conceited or proud. Love is not ill-mannered or selfish or irritable. Love does not keep a record of wrongs. Love is not happy with evil, but is happy with the truth. Love never gives up. And its faith, hope, and patience never fail. Love is eternal. There are inspired messages, but they're temporary. There are gifts of speaking in strange tongues, but they will cease. There is knowledge, but it will pass. For gifts of knowledge and of inspired messages are only partial. But when, that's, when what is perfect comes, then what is partial will disappear. When I was a child, my speech, feelings, and thinking were all those of a child. Now that I am an adult, I have no more use for childish ways. What we see now is like a dim image in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. What I know now is only partial. Then it will be complete, as complete as God's knowledge of me. Meanwhile, these three remain, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Can somebody say? Amen. Amen. Overflow 2019 will be incomplete unless we overflow in love. Love is the very fruit of the spirit that transforms the human character all round. Love is the grace that sets Christ and the life he brought here apart from every other religion. He did not talk about it. He lived it with the humility, the service, the patience, and the forgiveness that it needs to be true love. That's why I was um, touched when our sister did the reflections on forgiveness, because there can be no love without forgiveness. The people you love are going to do things you don't like. And if you don't forgive them, you will cause yesterday to hold today hostage. The Apostle Paul told us what love implies. He says love is patient. So let there be an overflow of patience in our relationships with family, close and far, friends and neighbors. See, without patience, you can't love people. Particularly, um, people who are married, particularly the newly wedded ones, you know, you come in with all the uh, uh, exuberance of passion. And then reality begins to settle in. Yes. You know, I always tell the story of the people who come to pre-marriage counseling. And then you ask them, 
Why do you want to marry this girl? He said, I, I love her. I say hallelujah. <laughs> you ask the girl, why do you want to marry this boy? I love him. Five years later, you still love her? Say, God is helping me. <laughs> why is God helping you now? <laughs> because when you loved her with all your heart, you didn't really know her. Now that you know her, you need God to... Yes. <laughs> so let there be an overflow. Love is patient. Let there be an overflow of patience. Love is kind. So let there be an overflow of kindness to, to people who are close and people who are far, friends and neighbors. Kindness is a tool of friendship. You can see that you are naturally drawn to people who are kind to you. And those who are kind in their nature are never short of friends. They're never short of friends. So in this season of overflow, there must be an overflow of kindness. Going out of your way to seek the goodness and happiness of another. Love is not jealous. So we must always rejoice with those who rejoice. You know, and I always say to believers, if you are jealous, don't, don't uh, 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 wish it away, it won't go away. The only way to deal with it is to counter it. A young man graduated with another. Before too long, he has bought a Camry. You don't have Camry here. <laughs> and then the young man is uh, still driving Sokinso. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, a two-door car, a two-door car. <laughs> it's a two-door car, you know. The camera is a four-door car. And you know if you sit at the back, they have to get down before you can come in. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and this, now the next time he sees it, uh, look at the way he's uh, looking at me. Because he has bought a, 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 can you imagine? You cannot. And you know, you're there dying. And, and the only way to stop it is to kneel down and say, Lord, give this man a Mercedes, please. Yeah, give him a Mercedes. So the devil can leave you. Uh -huh. So when you pray for higher blessing for him, the devil will say you're foolish, but he will leave you alone. Okay. Be happy with those who are happy. Weep with those who weep. Let there be an overflow of thanksgiving and praise in the place of jealousy for the success and advancement of others. Love is not conceited or proud. So let there be an overflow of humility in all our relationships. Without humility, there can be no love. Oh, yes. Get into a relationship where two people are proud. They will be very unhappy. Very, very miserable. But the moment one person takes on the challenge of humility and begins to serve others, ah, every, all the eyes get broken. And the relationship begins to develop. Love is not ill-mannered. So let there be an overflow of courtesies, politeness, and words seasoned with salt as we are told in Colossians 4, 6. Now, have you seen all these people that um, they, they will say, outside, please, can you give me this? Inside, give me this. So, outside, they're, they're, because of their reputation, they want to give the impression they're really very cultured. Oh, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, yes, sir. But inside, where they feel they, 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 there's no consequence, they're not as courteous. You see, the, the spirit wants us to truly, truly. And you cannot do it unless you're conscious of it. You cannot do it unless you're determined that uh, your language will always be seasoned with salt. And um, uh, um, it's always important to get help in this, particularly in a family setting. Somebody's always pointing it out to you. It's very helpful because it's... it's uh, very important as part of our show of love to deal with each other 
with a lot of politeness and courtesies. Can you say amen to that? Amen. The Bible also tells us here Love is not selfish. So let there be an overflow of sacrificial giving, caring, and serving with joy. You see, it's not just sacrificial giving, serving, that is always mournful and grumbling, but done with an overflow of joy. Love is not irritable. So let there be an overflow of joy in our relationships, blunting all the rough edges of usual and unusual disagreements. You know, when you see a newly married couple, you say to them, have you quarreled yet? Some will say, well, not yet. I said, that's awesome. Because um, when, when, when uh, people quarrel, sometimes you don't recognize each other again. Yes. Because they use very harsh words, you know. And there are people that tell you that once I am upset, I lose uh, control. But what I say to believers is, if you're upset and you lose control, but then five years later you're still upset and you lose control, there is no growth at all. So if, if you have a... Uh, uh, a fault and, and then it, it became very apparent after marriage then one expects that after some time the spirit would have uh, helped you overcome or to say that after 10 years of marriage the same problem still exists then there's no spiritual development and it does not matter how much you speak in tongues you are not growing you're not growing. Because the, 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 the goal of Christianity is to transform us into the image of who? And that's the work of the Spirit. To as many as are willing and desire change, then the Holy Spirit is there to change us. Can you say amen to that? Love does not keep a record of wrongs. There are people who have PhD in that. They will not only remind you, they will tell you date and time. And some have notebook where it is uh, written down. You know, I told one lady, after she's given me a catalog of what the people in her family have done, I say, you know what we're going to do? Give me that book, we will burn it. She said, you destroyed the evidence. <laughs> So there are people who love this evidence. Keep reminding you. That is how in 19... Wow! You know, some people come for counseling. And, 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 then, and then they're talking. They're so heated. And you're like, so when did this happen? They say 10 years ago. I'm like, 10 years? It's unbelievable. And they come to church regularly. It makes nonsense of the whole thing. Because the foundation of Christianity is forgiveness. And to keep a record of wrongs means fundamentally you do not understand what the whole thing is all about. And that's why if you're in the habit of this and you catch yourself doing it, just apologize. Admit that, no, this is not the way to go. That's the only way to stop it. You know, oh, that's how you... What? Um, <laughs> you see, you have to be stopping them in mid-sentences. And that shows that you are conscious of it and that you're trying to stop it. Anybody that keeps record of wrongs wants yesterday to hold today hostage. Love is not happy with evil, but happy with the truth. So let there be an overflow of joy when truth prevails or is vindicated. 
over error with true meekness rather than glee, particularly if you are the one being vindicated. Okay? You know some people, when they are vindicated, they rub it. Yes, very well. A lady came to me. He said, that is how every time I advise my husband, he will not listen. And then, later, the whole thing will fall uh, on his head. Then I'll come and tell him. That's how you continue to feel, because you will not. Uh... So I told her, I said, can you be proven right? And then you say nothing. Say, said, how can't I say something? I've been telling him he won't hear. I need to tell him that's. I say, you've been telling him. It hasn't made him, made him listen to you. So why don't you try not saying anything? You know. You told him not to go out. He went out. They bashed his car. As soon as he came back and said they bashed, I said, yes, now. <laughs> you know, that's how, because you will not uh, listen. Yes. God has given you a prophet in the house. You will, you will not listen to the prophet in the house. <laughs> so even when you are vindicated, it is important to have grace and humility and not to rub it in. Love never gives up and its faith, hope, and patience never fail. You know, it's amazing when you trust God. That's why love, love never gives up, because you trust God for what he's going to do. And you never give up on what God is going to do, particularly if you pray for one another. Okay? Love is eternal, and, in it, and it is a character that will follow all of us to heaven. Knowing fully well that love will follow us to heaven, let us seek an overflow of true agape love as a way of life until we see him in glory. Can somebody say amen to that? The Bible also says that love covers all sins, all deficiencies. You know, some people are there to show up your wrongs. You know? But let us say uh, uh, um, uh, um, th this is broken and I broke it and you mended it. Okay? And somebody says, I thought that this thing was broken. You say, yes, but it's okay now. Oh, but who broke it, by the way? But it's okay now. But who made it okay? <sighs> it's okay. But you know what some people would do? I thought this was working. Yes, so is that foolish man? He just came and broke. <laughs> you know. So who repaired it? Of course now. I repaired it. You know, always covering him up. And he's always making a mess. You know, there are people, you see, when you find yourself doing that kind of thing, then you realize that something needs to change. Because nobody can continue to behave like that. And people around you will continue to be your friends. And that's why the Bible said, love covers all sins. Uh, Peter says, a multitude. Solomon said, it covers everything. It covers everything. That's why sometimes, you know, people will come and see your friend or even see your spouse. They said, wow, you really are wonderful to be married to this type of fellow. You know? And yet, if you go to their own home, they may be beating them there every day. You know? But when you have grace to love, then you see, everybody comes to your house, everybody is happy. But do you know why they're happy? Somebody is dying to self. Oh, yes. Somebody is paying the price. That's the only way. That's what Jesus came to teach us. 1 John 4, 18 said, there is no fear in love. There are these families. When the father or the mother is coming, everybody, yes, cut us away. Shh. Mama is coming. Ah, Papa is coming. 
So much dread. So that's no love. Some people say, well, we have to discipline them. Discipline without love, it will cause alienation. And they might not even, uh, if they say, come and go to church, you say, the one my father is going, I, have, I don't see any benefit. The one my mother is going, I don't see any benefit. No. They may not be able to say that when they are young, but when they grow old, they will say that. So there is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. That's why love is so protective, you know, that um, even if something goes wrong, you are confident that your, your, your family, your, your spouse, they will be able to support you and, and, and help you out. Solomon says love is stronger than death. Okay? Set me as a seal upon your heart, as a seal upon your arm. For love is as strong as death, jealousy as cruel as the grave. Its flames are flames of fire, a most vehement flame. That's why when you are in a relationship, don't make people, the other party, jealous. That's terrible. You know? You go out and be flirtatious, that's terrible. That's terrible. You see, true love will not do that. You'll be protective of each other. You see, we're not Christians just to come and sing and dance. We are Christians to be transformed by the word of God. And so if you find yourself living in this way, you must, you must, as the Holy Spirit, in this season of overflow, to transform your life. Can you say amen to that? Many waters cannot quench love, nor can the floods drown it. If a man will give for love all the wealth of his house, it will be utterly despised. And that's why if, um, if you have lost that is trying to carry you away, before it does, fast and uh, pray. You know, fast and pray. And spiritual people should be able to tell when, like we say in our place, a greeting is passing the elbow. Do you understand that proverb? You know, you, know you, you greet somebody. And then he's greeting to the elbow. Ah. <laughs> so so, so you, you, you just have to know. And, and honest people will always know when a relationship is trying to cross the boundary. Unless you are not an honest person. And if you know that such a relationship has no place in your life, that's when to stop. That's when to stop. So there is no need to, to, to think that, uh, oh, nothing will happen. And I always say to them, it is those people that say nothing will happen. It is they that, that uh, something happens to. Okay. How can we find the capacity for this kind of love? The answer is uh, the overflow of the Spirit. Because it's the Spirit that gives the capacity to love. It is the Spirit. In fact, that is why 80-90% um, um, of true love is obedience to God. Because you might not feel, you might not feel it, you might, something may happen to cause disaffection, but it doesn't change your love responses. That's what tells you that the spirit is what? In control of that love. And that's why when you say to people, I love you through God, they might be offended and say, oh, so you need so much uh, help. You know. But you see, loving through God is safe. The reason is because only God's love does not change. But human love circumstances may cause disaffection here and there. And if those disaffections become persistent, they are going to affect passion. They are going to affect passion. But then when the spirit is there, he will insist that you never alter your responses. 
That's why the Spirit is the source of love. The Bible says the love of God is shared abroad in our hearts by who? The Holy Spirit. In Romans chapter 5. It's the Spirit that has the capacity to show love consistently. And so, when we have disaffection, misunderstanding, grief, whatever, he will whisper to us that it doesn't alter your responses. It does not alter. It should not alter. It must not alter. So that you, can, you and I can continue to love like Christ. Can you say amen to that? The only way to really do this effectively and successfully is to let Christ love through us. That's why, you know, the scriptures say in Romans 14, 23, that whatsoever is not of faith is what? Is sin. So when, when Christ loves through us, you see, I, I go to him to say, I do not have in me the capacity for consistent love. So come and dwell in my heart and reveal your love through me. That is it. And when I do that, I discover capacity beyond what? Ability. Yes. That capacity is given to me by grace through obedience. So continue. Don't do this. I need do this. And people will think you are wonderful. But you know yourself that without the spirit, everything will uh, fall apart. Everything will fall apart. So it is the spirit that is able to sustain us in this struggle. Okay? And that's why the, the Bible says in Ephesians 3.14, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. I pray that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant that you may be strengthened in your inner being with power through his spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith as you are being rooted and grounded in love. Christ has to. And so if you find yourself with a lot of resentment, don't try to, to muster a, 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 a change of your heart. No. It's a yielding. Go kneel down and say, Lord Jesus, come and take me over and begin to love through me. I surrender to you. Give me grace not to resist you. So that, you see, by the time you start showing love, despite whatever resentments, you have heard in the past, you will know that that grace is coming from him. And that through that grace, you are able to love consistently. Something you could never do before. Can you say amen to that? Amen. And the Bible says that, and when Christ dwells in our hearts through faith, we are rooted and grounded in love. And then we may be able to comprehend the length, the breadth, the depth, the height. In other words, your capacity to show love is aligning and approximating to his capacity to show love. That's why you surprise yourself that you could show such humility, such service, such a, 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 a passion and consideration, such sensitivity, and you know you didn't have it before. You know you didn't have it before. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Those who try to love in their own strength depend on passion and rationalization to model through. You know, when you do it by yourself, sooner than later, your capacity will be exhausted. Those who use the overflow resources Love like Christ in spite of their circumstances. The overflow constantly ministers to them on how to respond to issues in their relationship. And that, that overflow does something to you. 
Even if the person you are showing love to is not responding correctly, the joy of obedience steadies your, your soul. The fact that you are doing what God wants you to do steadies your soul so that people, some fact, some people might think you are pretending, not knowing that it is the joy of obedience. It is not possible for us to keep in step with the demands of love in every dimension and in all circumstances and situations, but the Holy Spirit, he gives the wisdom and the inner strength to respond appropriately all the time. Can you say amen to that? So here's the secret to consistent love. It is to die to self and allow Christ's humility to manifest his love through us. And nobody dies who does not desire to die. So you might say, how shall I die? Just kneel down and say, Lord, I want to die to self. I want to be desensitized to self so that you can take me over. It's as simple as that. And that's why they say Christianity is not complicated. Any time, I've told you here before, any time is sounding complicated, know that there's something fundamentally wrong. Yes, it's not complicated. By simple faith, I want to die to self so that Christ can live in me. They look into your heart, they find it's a sincere desire. The Holy Spirit comes to effect it. Philippians 2, 3 says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility to manifest his love through us. But in humility, regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. See, he brought us love through what we call divine condescension. He made himself of no what? Reputation. And became obedient even unto death. Without humility, oppression and depression result, whether they be verbal or physical. The way to handle pride is to understand that whatever we have is a gift from God. And whoever we are is by the grace of God. You see, that's what delivers you from yourself. You know, my father used to say, he said, if you are uh, more handsome than another person or prettier than another person, you did not win it in a race. Yes, that's what my father used to say. You just came out and found that that is so. So there was no competition that you won that made you prettier than another person. You know? And so that's why the scripture said, whatever you, you have, you received. You know, whatever you are, it was grace that made you so. And so there is no reason to have pride and conceit in a relationship. It ruins everything. It ruins everything. They say there's a man who is very brilliant, you know, in his house, so not outside. No. <laughs> he said, I think he was lecturing in MIT or something. So if you say something, ah, you're talking to a first class? You're talking to a first class? <laughs> At home. <laughs> first class, go and make tea, please. <laughs> a true story. Maybe I told you before. The man had third class in Nsoka University. The girl had first class. They were married. Both studied the same subject, English. Everything was okay until they quarreled one day and the girl said, I don't even have any business talking with a third class brain. <laughs> the man didn't say anything. It, when he collected himself, he said, okay, please, go and find uh, first class brains. So the girl said, ah, she called his bluff, packed out. It's a true story. One month, two months, three months, she was sending spies 
to see whether he was doing anything. He was doing nothing. Then he sent his family to come and beg him. When they came, he said, there's no problem. You know, that's more difficult to solve. When the man says, there is no... He said, why is she not here? Hey, she said, she decided to go somewhere else. It took six months before he agreed to uh, bring her back. She was the one who told her students that story. And what was she telling it for? Humility. It will always build a relationship. So, for you and I to really show the world. See, because when they come, when they come and, 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 and God is sending them, they will be watching you and I how we live. You know, a lady in our church, I, I may have told you this story before, a neighbor uh, uh, um, came to the church and met me and said, that lady is a very bad ambassador. You know, there's no water in some areas in Lagos. So, you know, I don't know if you've seen it. People come and line up their containers, waiting for the tap to start uh, running. And then she'll come, she'll take her own tap, a home bucket, straight to the front. And then she'll bring her tract. <laughs> Nobody wants to read. That is it. So, we really need to show that the love of Christ has conquered us. The world is waiting to taste the love of Christ from our lives. That's why Jesus said, I give you a new commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also should love one another. By this shall men know that you are my disciples, if you have loved one for another. But before I close, I want to say a word to the singles. That is a way to gain heaven's attention on this matter. It is to ask for a suitable companion with whom you will fulfill God's purposes for your life. You know, Jesus said, seek you first the what? Yes. Yes. The, 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 the most important thing is I must fulfill destiny. I don't want to marry or be married to someone who will lead me away from God's plan and purpose for my life. A spouse is a traveling companion on the highway of life. That's what Genesis 2.18 said. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to live alone. I will make a suitable companion to help him. A suitable companion is one with whom you have sufficient grace to walk together in love, peace, and harmony under whatever circumstances both of you may go through. You know, I tell people that one month after we got married, I lost my job. And the man that fired me he did so with um, some justification because my wife lived in Ife and I, I live in Lagos. And when I finish work at 8 o'clock, I would drive to Ife. I'll get there around 11 p.m. Then 5 o'clock, I would leave back to Lagos. It was okay if there was no traffic. One day there was traffic. And I got there at 9 o'clock instead of 8. And he had a sack letter waiting for me. <laughs> you see but that experience brought us deeply together you see the man even tried to make matters worse by telling me that my marriage is troubling me <laughs> but you see you see if, if we didn't believe this was the will of God for our lives it could have created problems yes and that's why, you see, knowing that I'm, I'm in the will of God in my marriage, it helps steady the boat of life. It helps steady the boat of life. No matter what you're going to go through. Can you say amen to that?
A suitable companion is one with whom you have sufficient grace, yes? Each person may have some idea of what a suitable companion is. But when we surrender to God on the matter of choice, he will lead us to our own suitable companion. Can you say amen to that? Amen. The overflow anointing will ensure sensitivity to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And the grace will be abundant to live out the love of Christ in your relationship. Can somebody say amen? So let us rise and pray for the overflow of love. It is so important. Love is at the foundation of everything. You know, that's why Paul said, even if I had all the gifts, even if I had all the manifestations of the spiritual gifts, but if there is no love, ah, everything is meaningless. And that's why each one of us tonight, Lord, give me a true revelation of love and give me the grace to walk in love. Whether I'm in a relationship or not, whether I'm in a relationship that is seriously challenged or not, everybody needs grace to walk in love so that the purposes of God may be fulfilled. Breathe on me. Breathe on me. Holy Ghost Father. Breathe on me. Lord, yesterday's Today I'm in need. Holy Spirit, breathe on me. Say, Lord, give me overflowing love. That my life may be filled with love. At home, at work, in church. Let me serve with humility with love at home at work in church let me be a revelation of the love of Christ to everyone around me give me the grace of humility and the grace of forgiveness without these two and patience love is impossible Holy Spirit, breathe on me. Yesterday's gone, today I'm in need. Holy Spirit, breathe on me. Father, you know us more than we know ourselves. We cannot pretend before you. Break us down. And fill us with your love. That the world around us may see your love in us and through us. And they will be drawn to you. That your kingdom may prosper in our lives. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Okay, we have a prayer here to say, but we'll do so after the communion. So let's go straight to the communion. You can uh, pass the elements and then we'll eat together. There shall be showers of blessing. This is the promise of love. Oh, there shall be seasons refreshing. Set from the Savior above, showers of blessing, showers of blessing we need. Mercy drops round us pouring, but for the showers we need. One minute, if you have. 
worshiping with us online, please get your own communion elements ready as the elements are being distributed here. Okay. There shall be showers of blessing, precious reviving again, over the hills and the valleys, south of abundance of rain. Drops round us are falling, but for the showers we plead, there shall be showers of blessings. Send them upon us, O Lord. Grant to us now a refreshing. Come and now honor thy word. Received, please indicate to anyone who has not received. Anyone? He was wounded for my transgressions, he was bruised. For my iniquity, surely he bore my sorrows, and by his stripes I am healed. One more time. He was wounded. For my transgressions, he was bruised for my iniquity. Surely he bore my sorrows and by his Tribes yes, that's the miracle of the communion that we can come with whatever is ailing us, with whatever burdens we are carrying, and you will receive his touch. You know, it's amazing testimonies that come from the communion. There was a girl in our church. She had a chronic sore. And, and she took the bread. 
And when she got the wine, she took half and poured half on this on the saw. By the time she came to church again the next Sunday, thirteenth. Yes, and you know sugar doesn't uh, help salt; <laughs> it will make it worse. But such is the simplicity of faith that by His stripes we are healed. Yes, and you can believe it. You can believe it and receive it and say to him, Jesus, Jesus, by your stripes, I am healed. Not only physically, spiritually, emotionally, by your stripes, I am healed. Let the overflowing anointing come upon me. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. But the scriptures say, before you eat, let every man let every woman first what? Examine himself. Because if you eat and drink unworthily, the Bible says you will eat and drink what? Damnation to yourself. What does it mean to eat and drink unworthily? It's to eat and drink without any regard to what it really means. You don't have any love of Christ because this, this food is for family. A preacher once said, don't eat if your heart is not with Christ. A young man ate and collapsed. Oh, yes. I said to people in our church, he said, if you need bread, go across the road and get. Don't eat this one. This is for people who belong to him. So if your heart is not with him, don't eat, please. The last thing the church will want is for somebody to eat and then eat unto damnation. Bow your head. Examine your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, if there be anything in me that you do not approve, please take it from me. Particularly any unforgiveness. Any unforgiveness, take it from me. The blood is the center of forgiveness. So take all unforgiveness. I release everyone who has offended me. And anyone I have offended, I will take steps to make peace with them. And so that all may be ready to eat, I ask you to say with me, O oh Lord my God, I ask you to please forgive me all my sins. I receive grace to forgive everyone and anyone who has offended me. I receive grace to make peace with anyone I have offended. That your word may prosper in my life. That I may be conformed into the image of my, my master. For in Jesus' name I have prayed. And all the people said, Amen. Father, look upon us with compassion. Cleanse us from everything that will hinder us. That as we partake of the body and the blood of our Savior, Jesus Christ. That Lord, by faith, we will eat unto life. Amen. We will eat unto healing. Amen. We will eat unto inner strength. Amen. For in Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Okay, you may bring out um, the bread. Bring it out and lift it up. Our Lord Jesus Christ, in the same night that he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples and said, take it. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Lord, we consecrate this element of bread. In the name of the Father. In the name of the Son. In the name of the Holy Spirit. Lord, that as we receive by faith, let the sick be healed. Amen. Let the oppressed go free. Amen. Let the wounded be healed. Amen. Thank you, O Lord our God. For in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. You may eat. You may lift up your cup. Father, we consecrate this cup. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. Lord, that as we receive by faith,
every accusation by the devil before you, let it be answered by the blood of Jesus. That your people may be forgiven all their sins. Lord, we come under the cover of the blood. That when you see the blood, the angels from heaven will protect us. Thank you, O Lord our God. For in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. You may drink. Thanks, thanks, we give you thanks for all you have done. Oh, we are so blessed, our souls have found rest. Thanks, Lord. Thanks. Thanks. Oh, we give you thanks for all you have done for us. Oh, we are so blessed. Our souls have Let us take this concluding prayer as you say after me. Oh Lord, our God, we thank you for this season of overflow. We ask that your Holy Spirit will abide with us. We ask for grace not to hinder him as individuals and as a church family. Spirit of the living God, have your way in our lives so that the kingdom of God may prosper in our hands. We stand on the grace and authority from Calvary to call forth a new united kingdom in the hands of the Lord. We take authority over every principality, every power, every ruler of wickedness and darkness of this world, every spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places, positioned to hinder the emergence of this united kingdom under God in the atmosphere over this nation. We dislodge them now. In the mighty name of Jesus. We dislodge them now. In the mighty name of Jesus. Father, let your ministering angels go forth to produce a new united kingdom under God. To displace and replace every other kingdom and cause this united kingdom on God to emerge. Father, we stand on the blood of Jesus to call forth a new united kingdom under God. Take a deep breath. A new united kingdom under God. Come forth. Come forth now. Come forth to the glory of our God. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Father, please make this Jesus house a house of prayer. For birthing a new united kingdom under God. Bless your people, O oh God. Prosper them spiritually. 
Prosper them physically. Prosper them materially. Cause each one to manifest your glory. In this united kingdom. In Jesus' precious name we pray. And all the people said, Amen. And so may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious unto you. May the Lord leave the light of his countenance upon you. May he grant you his peace. And so may the name of the Lord be upon you. To keep you in all your ways. From all harm and danger. For in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.